everybody. It's been a little bit since I have gotten to read to you guys. I've really missed reading out loud. I miss more reading out loud to actual live people. Um, but this will be, it'll be as, as close as I can come. So um, it'll be fun. And we're going to start a new book today. Um, it, I learned recently that Harry Potter is a book that you will be reading next year as a whole group in many of your reading classes. So um, we had a lot of votes on our, um, our read aloud kind of poll um, and the giver was the next vote getter. Um, also, it had the added benefit that nobody has read it yet. So it is a um, it's a little bit of a difficult book, so it makes me feel good that I'm reading it out loud um, because I think it would be a big challenge for a lot of us to read it by ourselves. Um, it's got some some kind of hefty vocabulary, so I feel like we'll learn some new words as we're going. Um, anyway, but I'm excited to get started. The chapters are a little bit longer, and so I'm going to be kind of pausing here and there, okay? Anyway, um, and I hope that this video takes... We're just going to go ahead and get started. Um, this book is by Lois Lowry. She won the Newbery Award for this book. Um, I believe it was published in 1993. So to give you a sense of just how long ago that was, that was the year this girl graduated from Abraham Lincoln High School. Go links. Anyway, um, but it starts with a dedication and Lois Lowry writes, For all the children to whom we entrust the future. Chapter One. It was almost December, and Jonas was beginning to be frightened. No, wrong word, Jonas thought. Frightened meant that deep, sickening feeling of something terrible about to happen. Frightened was the way he had felt a year ago when an unidentified aircraft had overflown the community twice. He had seen it both times. Squinting toward the sky, he had seen the sleek jet, almost a blur at its high speed, go past, and then a second later heard the blast of sound that followed. And then one more time, a moment later, from the opposite direction, the same plane. At first, he had been only fascinated. He had never seen an aircraft so close, for it was against the rules for pilots to fly over the community. Occasionally, when supplies were delivered by cargo planes to the landing field across the river, the children rode their bicycles to the riverbank and watched, intrigued, the unloading and then the takeoff directed to the west, always away from the community. But the aircraft a year ago had been different. It was not the squat, fat-bellied cargo plane, but a needle-nosed, single-pilot jet Jonas, looking around anxiously, had seen others, adults as well as children, stop what they were doing and wait, confused for an explanation of the frightening event. Then all of the citizens had been ordered to go into the nearest building and stay there. Immediately, the rasping voice through the speakers had said, leave your bicycles where they are. Instantly, obediently, Jonas had dropped his bike on its side, on the path behind his family's dwelling. He had run indoors and stayed there alone. His parents were both at work. 
and his little sister, Lily, was at the childcare center where she spent her after-school hours. Looking through the front window, he had seen no people, none of the busy afternoon crew of street cleaners, landscape workers, and food delivery people who usually populated the community at that time of day. He saw only the abandoned bikes here and there on their sides. An upturned wheel on one was still revolving slowly. He had been frightened then. The sense of his own community, silent, waiting, had made his stomach churn. He had trembled. But it had been nothing. Within minutes, the speakers had crackled again, and the voice, reassuring now and less urgent, had explained that a pilot in training had misread his navigational instructions and made a wrong turn. Desperately, the pilot had been trying to make his way back before his error was noticed. Needless to say, he will be released, the voice had said, followed by silence. There was an ironic tone to that final message, as if the speaker had found it amusing, and Jonas had smiled a little, though he knew what a grim statement it had been. For a contributing citizen to be released from the community was a final decision, a terrible punishment, an overwhelming statement of failure. Even the children were scolded if they used the term lightly at play, jeering at a teammate who had missed a catch or stumbled in a race. Jonas had done it once, had shouted at his best friend, That's it, Asher, you're released! When Asher's clumsy error had lost a match for his team, he had been taken aside for a brief and serious talk by the coach, had hung his head with guilt and embarrassment, and apologized to Asher after the game. Now, thinking about the feeling of fear as he pedaled home along the river path, he remembered that moment of palpable, stomach-sinking terror when the aircraft had streaked above. It was not what he was feeling now, with December approaching. He searched for the right word to describe his feeling. Jonas was very careful about language. Not like his friend Asher, who talked too fast and mixed things up, scrambling words and phrases until they were barely recognizable and often very funny. Jonas grinned, remembering the morning that Asher had dashed into the classroom late, as usual, arriving breathlessly in the middle of the chanting of the morning anthem. When the class took their seats at the conclusion of the patriotic hymn, Asher remained standing, to make his public apology, as was required. I apologize for inconveniencing my learning community, Asher ran through the standard apology phrase rapidly, still catching his breath. The instructor and the class waited patiently for his explanation. The students had all been grinning because they had listened to Asher's explanation so many times before. I left home at the correct time, but when I was riding along near the hatchery, the crew was separating some salmon. I guess I got distraught just watching them. I apologize to my classmates, Asher concluded. He smoothed his rumpled tunic, which is like a shirt, and sat down. We accept your apology, Asher. The class recited the standard response in unison. Many of the students were biting their lips to keep from laughing. I accept your apology, Asher, the instructor said. He was smiling. 
and I thank you because once again you have provided an opportunity for a lesson in language. Distraught is too strong an adjective to describe salmon viewing. He turned and wrote distraught on the instructional board. Beside it, he wrote distracted. I think we have distraught on our vocabulary this year. We all know what distracted means. Jonas. So remember, distraught means like you're really upset about something. What Asher had meant to say was distracted. Jonas, nearing his home now, smiled at the recollection, thinking still as he wheeled his bike into its narrow port beside the door, he realized that frightened was the wrong word to describe his feelings now that December was almost here. It was too strong of an adjective. He had waited for a long time for this special December, and now that it was almost upon him, he wasn't frightened, but he was eager, he decided. He was eager for it to come, and he was excited, certainly. All of the Elevens were excited about the event that would be coming so soon, but there was a little shudder of nervousness when he thought about what might happen. Apprehensive. Jonas decided, that's what I am. Apprehensive, nervous, eager. Anxious is what it means. Who wants to be the first tonight for feelings? Jonas's father had asked at the conclusion of their evening meal. It was one of the rituals, the evening telling of feelings. Sometimes Jonas and his sister Lily argued over turns, over who would get to go first. Their parents, of course, were part of the ritual. They too told their feelings each evening, but like all parents, all adults, they didn't fight and wheedle for their turn, nor did Jonas tonight. His feelings were too complicated this evening. He wanted to share them, but he wasn't eager to begin the process of sifting through his own complicated emotions, even with the help that he knew his parents could give. You go, Lily he said, seeing his sister, who was much younger, only a seven, wiggling with impatience in her chair. I felt very angry this afternoon, Lily announced. My childcare group was at the play area, and we had a visiting group of sevens, and they didn't obey the rules at all. One of them, a male, I don't know his name, kept going right to the front of the line for the slide, even though the rest of us were all waiting. I felt so angry at him. I made my hand into a fist like this. She held up a clenched fist, and the rest of the family smiled at her small, defiant gesture. Why do you think the visitors didn't obey the rules? Mother asked. Lily considered and then shook her head. I don't know. They acted like, like animals, Jonas suggested. He laughed. That's right, Lily said, laughing too, like animals. Neither child knew what the word meant exactly, but it was often used to describe somebody uneducated or clumsy, someone who didn't fit in. Where were the visitors from, father asked. Lily frowned, trying to remember. Our leader told us when he made the welcome speech, but I can't remember. I guess I wasn't paying attention. It was from another community. They had to leave very early, and they had their midday meal on the bus. Mother nodded. 
Do you think it's possible that their rules may be different? And so they simply don't know what the play area rules were? Lily shrugged and nodded. I suppose. Well, you've visited other communities, haven't you? Jonas asked. My group has often. Lily nodded again. When we were sixes, we went and shared a whole school day with a group of sixes in their community. How did you feel when you were there? Lily frowned. I felt strange because their methods were different. They were learning usages that my group hadn't even learned yet, and we felt stupid. Father was listening with interest. I'm thinking, Lily, he said, about the boy who didn't obey the rules today. Do you think it's possible that he felt strange and stupid being in a new place with rules he didn't know about? Lily pondered that. Yes, she said finally. I feel a little sorry for him, Jonas said, even though I don't even know him. I feel sorry for anyone who's in a place where he feels strange and stupid. How do you feel now, Lily, or father asked, still angry? I guess not, Lily decided. I guess I feel a little sorry for him. And sorry I made a fist, she grinned. Jonas smiled back at his sister. Lily's feelings were always straightforward, fairly simple, usually easy to resolve. He guessed that his, that his own had been too when he was a seven. He listened politely, though not very attentively, while his father took his turn, describing a feeling of worry that he'd had that day at work, a concern about one of the new children who weren't doing well. Jonas's father was a nurturer. Nurturer. We know what it means to nurture. His father was a nurturer. He and the other nurturers were responsible for all the physical and emotional needs of every new child during its earliest life. He, it was an especially important job, Jonas knew, but wasn't one that interested him very much. What gender is it? Lily asked. Male, his father said. He's a sweet little male with a lovely disposition, but he isn't growing as fast as he should, and he doesn't sleep soundly. We have him in the extra care section for supplementary nurse, nurse, nurturing, but the community's beginning to talk about releasing him. Oh, no, Mother murmured sympathetically. I know how sad that must make you feel. Jonas and Lily both nodded sympathetically as well. Release of, a new, children, of new children was always sad because they hadn't had a chance to enjoy life with the community yet, and they hadn't done anything wrong. There were only two occasions of release that were not punishment. Release of the elderly, which was a time of celebration for a life well and fully lived, and the release of a new child, which always brought a sense of what could we have done. This was especially troubling for the nurturers, like father, who felt they had failed somehow, but it happened very rarely. Well, Father said, I'm going to keep trying. I may ask the committee for permission to bring him here at night if you all don't mind. You know what the night crew nurturers are like. I think this little guy needs something extra. Of course, Mother said, and Jonas and Lily nodded. They had heard Father complain about the night crew before. It was a lesser job, night crew nurturing, assigned to those who lacked the interest or skill or insight for the more vital job of the daylight hours. Most of the people in the night crew had not even been given spouses because they lacked somehow the essential capacity to connect to others, which was required for the creation of a family unit. I'm going to reread that sentence. 
There are lots of little hints about this community through here um, that I haven't reread, so we'll talk about those too. But it says, most of the people on the night crew had not even been given spouses because they had lacked somehow the essential capacity, the ability to connect to others, which was required for the creation of a family unit. Maybe we could even keep him. Lily suggested sweetly, trying to look innocent. The look was fake. Jonas knew. They all knew. Lily, mother reminded her, smiling. You know the rules. Two children, one male and one female, to each family unit. It was written very clearly in the rules. Lily giggled. Well, she said, I thought maybe just this once. Next, Mother, who held a prominent position at the Department of Justice, talked about her feelings. Today, a repeat offender had been brought before her, someone who had broken the rules before, someone who she had hoped had been adequately and fairly punished, and one who had been restored to his place, to his job, his home, his family unit. To see him brought before her a second time caused her overwhelming feelings of frustration and anger and even guilt that she hadn't made a difference in his life. I feel frightened for him too, she confessed. You know there's no third chance. The rules say if there's a third transgression, he simply has to be released. Jonas shivered. He knew it happened. There was even a boy in his group of 11s who, whose father had been released years, of, years before. No one ever mentioned it. The disgrace was unspeakable. It was hard to imagine. Lily stood up and went to her mother. She stroked her mother's arm. From his place at the table, father reached over and took her hand, and Jonas reached for the other. One by one, they comforted her. Soon she smiled, thanked them, and murmured that she felt soothed. The ritual continued. Jonas? Father asked. You're last tonight? Jonas sighed. This evening, he almost would have preferred to keep his feelings hidden, but it was, of course, against the rules. I'm feeling apprehensive, he confessed, glad that the appropriate descriptive word had finally come to him. Why is that, son? His father looked concerned. I know there's really nothing to worry about, Jonas explained, and that every adult has been through it. I know you have, father, and you too, mother. But it's the ceremony that I'm apprehensive about. It's almost December. Lily looked up, her eyes wide. The ceremony of 12, she whispered in an awed voice. Even the smallest children, Lily's age and younger, knew that it lay in the future for each of them. I'm glad you told us of your feelings, father said. Lily, mother said, beckoning to the little girl. Go on now and get into your night clothes. Father and I are going to stay here and talk to Jonas for a while. Lily sighed, but obediently she got down from her chair. Privately, she asked. Mother nodded. Yes, she said. This talk will be a private one with Jonas. That's the end of chapter one. You guys, one thing that is super important for you to know um, that you won't see because you're not really reading it, reading it, um, but every time in this book, um, the author refers to as like a job, like at the very beginning, it talked about a pilot, 
pilots. It said it was against the rules for pilots to fly over the community. Um, and later on, it kind of talked about um, all like some of the different jobs. It, even though like nurturer that his father was a nurturer, those are all capitalized. Okay. Um, I think a little bit earlier, he had talked about how all of the people um, street cleaners, landscape workers, food delivery people who usually populated the community. Those were all capitalized. The first letter of each one was capitalized. Um, I'm sure you guys noticed some other differences in language. Um, you may have noticed that they talked about um, people, they never said the word boy or girl. They talked about males and females. Um, and there are a lot of rules it seems. So hopefully you guys caught some of the rules. It sounded like, well, first of all, pilots could not fly over the community, which was interesting. Um, the sharing of feelings. Um, when Asher came in late and he like used the word distraught instead of, instead of distracted, um, he was kind of given a lesson at that point, but he had, they were all chanting like their, um, their, it said their patriotic hymn in the in the morning when Asher came in and he had to make a public apology, which is interesting. But also father's story about the new child who wasn't thriving, um, and the whole concept of the of what it means to release. So I want you to think about what the word release usually means and what sorts of things we release. Um, we might release our emotions, send them out into the into the world right you could release like sometimes you may go to um hitchcock and watch them release some hawks you're setting them free um usually is how we is how we work on this but it's interesting because they talked about the pilot and how shameful it was it was kind of a punishment to release him um but then they also talked about so that i can see then they also talked about um how his father was worried about the new child who wasn't thriving and how they may have to release the new child, which just makes me wonder what that looks like. So anyway, just some questions that we might have. We should have a lot of questions. You may have other questions. You should definitely leave those questions as posts down on this comment. And I hope that you guys are staying with me. I know these chapters are a little bit long. So um, thanks a bunch. We'll post another one tomorrow. See you guys. Bye.